Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. The Around the League podcast comes alive. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by two heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? We're just worried about, we're hoping Chris is traveling safely. Where is he even going? Do we know? He's going back to Tybee Island. To his island. He's going to that bar, that Huckapoo's bar, that seems a bit evil almost. The no, it's, it seems like a, a home for Wes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, evil is a horrible word to use, actually, but it <laughs> seems like a place. Maybe if you're at a bar so much, it could become evil, but at the same time, he's a single man. He, he has a lot of close friends there, so we won't hear much from Wes. I think we're going to try to... He's going to be off the next four podcasts, at least in studio, but we're going to try to get him on um, at some point, hopefully in a coherent state. Uh, today is Friday... November 22nd, 2013. Uh, Mark and Greg, I think you know by now um, the 50th anniversary of the John F. Kennedy assassination. Kayrich, did you know that? I did. It's all over the news. It's been there for a while. <laughs> I watched She's already else. bored with wherever you're going with <laughs> this. I watched something else so on football. <laughs> this is why I didn't bring it up with Greg before, because I knew he would shoot it down. Um, listen. No, no but dented. Hey. Oh, come on. That's just disrespectful. Greg, that was not appropriate. <laughs> All right. So the reason I bring it up is because, uh, you know, Mark and I started working together in 2010. And Mark, you would, you would say a lot of strange things. So at a certain point, I had this blue notebook. And I started to take notes in it about when Mark would say strange things about some type of uh, book project for the future. I actually called it Untitled Sessler Project. I'm looking at it right now. And one of the chapters, I won't go into many of the chapters because I don't know if Please we can. Please do not. We're a married man with two Please kids. Please do not. Well... Uh, one chapter was Mark Goes Oliver Stone, and uh, that was about you were going to write a book about the JFK assassination at some point in your life, correct? Well, I was, yes, I was 18. I was in college, and I thought that would be something I could spend like six years on and still not have to get a real job by the end of that, probably. But then I, as I started to do a little research, I realized there were roughly five or 6,000 books on the topic already out there, and I moved on. 
I'd like to see what you could add to the discussion. I came though. up with Share like it. three or four pages of typewritten notes. Type? But they, yeah, I had a typewriter in my room. Jeez. All right, Kerouac. So this was a long time ago. All right. Well, that. <laughs> so why why were you, I'm just curious. Why were you so fascinated that you wanted to write that book? I don't. Uh, I found the public record on the matter to be a bit off. Am I alone here? I mean, Conspiracy theorists, maybe? Perhaps? I, I just w- wanted to investigate it more, and I came up with answers of my own, which I think well, probably would suit a different podcast. One day podcast I hope you do read that, read that book. We're going to get to the games in one second. I just want to name a couple more of these chapters that I had for this book. Um, sleep Deprivation Experiment. Um, vegan, and then it quotes, That Was My Own Path. Uh, and Dark Winter Nights in Connecticut Log Cabin. So those are just three chapters. Um, Mark, you're a fascinating human being. I'm going to write that book one day. All right, so week 12 uh, started on Thursday night. Uh, Greg, you could check back in emotionally now. (laughs) (laughs) Week 12 started Thursday night with a fairly wretched game. Uh, 17-13, Saints win over the Falcons. I guess I'm, I'm curious, and I'll ask you two guys, what... Are we taking anything out of this game in terms of the 2013 season going forward, or is it just a game that existed in time and now slips into the ether forever? Greg? That second thing you said. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> it was weird how bad a game it was despite it being close. It just wasn't a thrilling game. I mean, it had to be the low moment of the Falcon season with the entire crowd chanting, Who dat? with about two minutes left <laughs> in a one-score game. Your rivals are chanting you know, in your house. It's just pathetic. It's funny because we came off what we agreed was Monday night's probably the best game of the year, Panthers-Patriots, and, you know, the world evened out. We got a stinker <laughs> last night. In my opinion, you're exactly, it was close. It had all the makings score-wise of, listen, the Falcons fought hard in this, but something was missing. Well, this, this actually plays into Sessler's theory that dome football isn't great. Uh, there was just no energy in the building, which I think definitely played a role. I brought that up to you downstairs a few seconds ago, Mark, and you told me that Quote, why would anybody pay money to go into that house to watch football? <laughs> Look, so now I'm a dome sure is plenty, a house? It's like well, a structure where people, people live? people do, and se- they seem to be you know, enthralled with the <laughs> scenario. But I find it something, there's a disconnect in televised games from domes where the audio, which I'm sure it's loud in there, it just I don't does, think it's loud in there. It doesn't come Not across right on TV. Yeah. I mean, the two things, Greg, you kind of alluded to it earlier this week. It is kind of a bummer that this is one of the best rivalries in football kind of got taken away from us really two years in a row almost now because the Saints had their problems and now the Falcons have their problems. Uh, the other thing that jumped out to me is Matt Ryan. And I don't know – I'm not sure what to make of Matt Ryan anymore because they – what they go, 13-3 and three last year? Yes. And yep. what are they going to go this year? 3-13? and 13? Something like that? A mirror. And how, you know, how often does that happen when you have your star quarterback in the lineup if he stays in the lineup the whole season? What does this tell us about Matt Ryan? Yes, Julio Jones was a huge loss, but to, for the team to completely go in the tank and crater the way they have, that's a little weird, and that speaks to maybe that Ryan isn't maybe one of those top 10 guys that a lot of people thought he was going in. To the season? I disagree. I mean, who who is going to wh- – how many quarterbacks are there that would just survive all of this? I mean, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. He's not those guys. Well, I guess that's the point, though. He's not. Where some would argue that he was becoming one of those guys. But I, I would still put him in the top ten for sure. 
back end of the top ten, he's got to be, right? I think wins and losses is so overrated for quarterbacks. It's like we think. Isn't it everything for a quarterback? I don't think so. No. I mean, by that logic, Tarvaris Jackson's above above average quarterback. He's a winning quarterback. <laughs> it's like some people think Cam Newton's a different, uh, totally different quarterback, but he has a great defense. I don't think he's totally different. Well, this and year. Atlanta specifically has crumbled all over the place because they're giving up. You know, I think eleven more points. I believe Tavares Jackson just got cited in this conversation for the first yeah. time ever on this podcast. I believe he got dropped. <laughs> well, it's like Kyle Orton. I guess he was a great winning quarterback when he started out too. You know, because he was winning ball games. He must be great. Well, Dan's point though is that listen, Matt Ryan alone isn't enough to mask over all the stuff going over on that team. Where with other quarterbacks, we've seen that they still would go ten and six, nine and seven, eleven and five. We've spent enough time in this ga- on this game. Too much. Move on. So let's move on. Greg, a little salty on the podcast today early on. What's the issue? What's going on What's with it? You? What do you mean salty? Uh, just a little bit, you know, you know, cantankerous. That's just how I was born. <laughs> All right, so let's this, get this it. This JFK thing really got me down. <laughs> it's also the one-year anniversary of the butt fumble. Big day. Uh, is that true? That it is, is true, and yeah. there were people questioning what the larger storyline was there, not only for NFL Network, but our nation. That's where we're at <laughs> as the United States at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it is like one of those things like you always know where you were on 11-22-12. I was in my buddy's house for Thanksgiving dinner, and, and I had just finished working a shift, and uh, there was some cooking going on in the kitchen. I just kind of came over, and I was standing watching the TV, and I saw it happen, and I, I called my buddy over, and I said, you have to see this, and I think the whole nation was stunned. Everybody remembers where they were when the butt phone I was happened. actually on a jet flying somewhere. I, watching it on the seat in front of me. I was in my bedroom covering the game back in the glory days when I could be working from my bedroom and didn't have to you know, hang out with other human beings. It was terrific. That was also the, the day <laughs> that uh, Fireman Ed lost his innocence because that was his last Jets game. That True well, story. that's one big. I think it, that's what we should be celebrating today—the end of Fireman Ed. <laughs> you notice how there's never been any call. I think Fireman Ed <laughs> figured that he was going to go into his bunker, his fortified jet bunker, and then there would be this call to get him back to the Meadowlands. It never happened. Did not come. Um, all right, so moving on to the Week 12 games, the rest of the Week 12 schedule, uh, and we will start as we always do with the games that jump out to us, and uh, Greg. Why don't you get us going here, the, the game of the week, and you know, let's not say anything else is, because Sunday Night Football, the Denver Broncos go to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots, uh, a game that potentially could be an AFC title game preview. We don't know. Greg, as a Patriots fan, how do you feel coming into this game? I don't feel great. I thought they would win last week in Carolina and lose this game. Uh, the fact that they played well in Carolina. Doesn't really change. You know, I kind of expected that. Doesn't change. I have a hard time seeing how their defense is going to slow Manning down. It's not a really original thought, but Peyton Manning gets rid of the ball faster by far than any quarterback in the league. That's part of the reason why they didn't touch him last week. You know, and the, I think it's two point one seconds or something like that. He averages before he, the Patriots have no pass rush, even when there's a lot of time and the quarterback's holding the ball. And I just I can't see them getting pressure. To Manning, they're probably just going to drop people back and try to slow things down. But it's hard to see the Patriots keeping them under 30, 35 points. I agree because it's like, what you know, listen, the Broncos went up against the Chiefs. with the, it, They have a strength. It's their ability to get to the quarterback. They couldn't do a thing last week. 
And I wonder if New England's strategy has to be, because I, their offense against Carolina finally looked like it arrived. Maybe it's just keep Manning off the field. That's what they did last year. They scored they're, just 20 points. It's not like it was a, a gangbusters performance. No, I think they Dave looked... Damage, right? It was no, almost they, flawless. I, I honestly, They had 390 yards and seven drives. It's one of those you had to sort of watch it, not yeah. just look at the score, because I thought... They didn't get stopped. It was a long possession. You know, they didn't have big plays or anything, but they played well. I think they could score a lot against Denver. Why not? I mean, that's what they did in the game. You know, Denver lost to the Colts, but had not lost since they played the Patriots last season in the regular season. And Brady just kept them off the field. I think they ran 89 plays. They aren't that team, but that's, that's one way to keep Denver from doing what they've done all season long. I have a Sessler that uh, Rob Gronkowski is going to have a monster game. Sessler, I'm thinking nine, one thirty-seven and two, like something where he single-handedly with Brady keeps them in the game. I think this will be a close game. I know no, Alan, I do too. Al and Chris have had some bad luck this year with some stinkers, but uh, you know you really hope this one pays off, especially after it was kind of a relative letdown last Sunday with the Chiefs and Broncos. The the only way they win is by scoring a ton, and I think they have the potential, but this Broncos defense, I don't think Von Miller's got enough credit since he's come back in terms of changing their defense. I, I watched that Chiefs game. I mean, he's such a good run stopper. And then on some plays, they have him covering Jamal Charles. I mean, how many guys are like that? It's one of the best pass rusher in the league, stops the run, and then can even drop back in coverage every now and then. He changes them. Terrence Knighton is playing really well. I, I think the Patriots will score, but I think the Broncos defense right now is better than the Patriots defense. Are you worried, Greg? Would you be worried at all if Patriots don't hang around in this game and they have another loss? Are you worried at all about the division? Because you're probably, you're probably not going to get the bye, but I guess, well, actually, currently you are in place for the bye as a second seed, right? This is a huge game. I mean, they would have... I, I would be shocked if they won this game and didn't get a bye. I mean, this would basically almost feel like you're going to get the two seed. I think they have a good chance to get the two seed no matter what, and you'd have a shot at the one seed if they win it. I think they could win this game. They're one of the top, I believe, six or seven teams in the NFL right now. I don't think the Broncos are unbeatable. However, lose the game, go 7-4, and four, and you have issues. And I don't think in the division, but you have an issue because you've got to find a way to get a game up on the Bengals by the end of the year because they beat the they beat the Patriots and then weirdly enough the Colts of all teams are still only have three losses right but that's assuming those two teams are going to close well the Patriots traditionally close the season out very strong they've only lost two games I believe in November and December in the last five years that includes last week or last four years so they usually close strong and and they're playing their best they're probably now that we're doubting them or this is where the spot where they usually surprise you although that's what we said. Last week. I should have picked. Uh, <laughs> I should have picked the Patriots this week because whenever Greg and I are on board on the same picks, then things usually go haywire. You took the Pats in this game, Mike, right? <laughs> of course, I yeah. take them every week, even though I just downplayed them. I, uh, there's not a spot where I'm not going to take them, pretty much, just because I'm a homer. I took the Patriots in this game as well. Hmm. And that was the two of you, and then the rest of the ATL crew went with the Broncos. Uh, all right, so let's move on. We were talking about the Jets. Uh, they have a huge, huge matchup. Uh, in Baltimore on Sunday against the Ravens. Uh, obviously, this has big wild card implications. The Jets enter the game at five and five, and uh, holding on to that number six seed. The Ravens are four and six, and coming off that tough loss in Chicago, uh, the Jets could really put the Ravens in a, a terrible spot if they could come into Baltimore and get a win. 
I don't know if I see it happening only because the Jets don't have great history against the Ravens in general. And it's you know goes back to what I was saying on Sunday with Geno Smith. I don't know if I could trust trust him anymore. The Geno coaster is has derailed, and to see see him go into Baltimore and put up a big performance, I don't know if I see it happening. You know, Ray Rice com- comes out last week. I think he had after months of being completely in the darkness a very nice football game. Now he goes up against a team that's giving up about seventy yards. Per week on the ground. Oh, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, so it's and I don't think he Flacco. looked that good in that game. It was just big gaping holes against Chicago. Even when he got in the open field, you were kind of like, oh, you know, he should have broken. Right. It I mean, even anyone further. can run against the Bears. So, yeah, and yeah, this is going to be if the the Ravens are going to score points, they're either going to do it with their defense off Geno Smith errors, or Flacco is going to step up and start making some plays when they need him. I mean, th- this will be the time for Flacco to bring this team up because if they fall to four and seven and they don't have a tiebreaker against the Jets, I know a lot of people are, are picking them uh, to be the team that gets that six seed. I believe I did as well. But uh, if they can't take care of business at home, you have to lose a lot of faith in their ability to come back down the stretch. They have to win this game. Not only is Dan Hansis a huge Patriots fan lately, <laughs> picking them every week, trying to get on a winning side of things, but he didn't even pick the Jets this week. Because I don't pick with my heart. Well, it's not Often. working out for you, man. You know, it's not. You know, might have maybe change things up. <laughs> why with is your it? heart? Well, why no, do you again? Think this goes back. No, this goes you're back in, to the you, conversation. You were in last place last year. You're second to last this year. Maybe get to the heart. The head. The head struggling. Greg can pick the Patriots every week and get twelve <laughs> out of sixteen right. If the if Brown picks the if Mark picks the Browns every week, he goes. But this four is and a 12. coin flip game. I isn't go six it? and ten. So you can't play that card. No, I don't think this is a coin flip game. I think the Ravens are probably a better team, and they're at home. You so chose the Jets, it. Mark Sessler. Why did you do this? I did. He, in, my my hope is this because Baltimore's defense really isn't playing that much differently than they were a year ago at least statistically, if Geno Smith can keep his head on his shoulders, he has accounted for 20 of 21 of their turnovers this year. Yeah, he's been great. <laughs> but if they can do what they did against the Saints, play some good defense and run the football, which I think they'll do, and I don't think Baltimore, I think we're overrating Baltimore. I think we should have forked them a week ago. Wow. New York's game. No, and right. plus, they don't, they don't win or lose two in a row. They don't do it, mm, they're going to win the that's game. That's fair. Jets offensive line really struggled. Last week, I'm ready to fork the Jets if they don't win this game. I know it won't get through the committee, but I've seen you enough. You bring it to if, the board if, if, if they don't. Happens. If they don't win this game, I'd be ready to fork them. And one 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 last note: uh, while I was working on uh, the end around uh, column, which went up earlier today, I did. I was doing some research, and it turns out that that roller coaster uh, on the Jersey Shore that ended up in the Atlantic Ocean after Superstorm Sandy, just totally randomly, the name of it, the Jet Star. Mm. Gino Coaster, <laughs> the Jets star. You can't make this stuff up. It's such a star-crossed team, Dan. I, I, I don't know. Eight and eight feels good for the Jets. Yeah. All right, moving on. This is a very intriguing matchup. I love the NFC East. I love all these games. They remind me of my grandfather sitting on a couch drinking root beer. The Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> uh, the five and five Cowboys. Wait, he drank root beer. Or he you loved did? root beer. What were Poppy. you drinking? I was a boy. Apple juice. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What do boys drink? <laughs> Root beer? Fruit boxes? Uh, <laughs> Juice geez. boxes. I don't think it's fruit boxes. I think Dan was probably... Juice boxes. You were 
pounding a Capri Sun. Well, my memory of my grandparents' house was my grandfather watching uh, the Giants drinking root beer on this brown chair, and then my uncle, who I was very close with, would play Nintendo in the room around the corner, and then I would watch him play Nintendo (laughs) and then be sent to the refrigerator to get him golden anniversary beer, which was like the lower shelf beer. And I would be just see, shuttle them. See, that's the memories I have. I being at my friend's house, and that like when we were going to the mini fridge to get sodas, we always bringing back like a Budweiser for for the dad in the house. And then you'd realize like he's drinking three of those for every one of our sodas. And then years later, you're looking back, and man, he put back like fifteen man, beers. He was an alcoholic, <laughs> right? Exactly. He had a deep and grim drinking problem. <laughs> what were we talking about? Football? Football. Oh, yeah, the Giants. Mark's Giants. Let's go back Uh, to that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace, Poppy. But, uh, yeah, so this is the Dallas Cowboys 5-5. Jason Garrett has now a lifetime pass as head coach. Jason Garrett. Jerry Jones said it himself yesterday. I don't believe it, but they face the Giants at four and six on a four on a rather unimpressive four game winning streak. But it is a four game winning streak. Cowboys. Uh, go on the road to the Meadowlands and win this game. You could say bye-bye to the Giants. The four committee will get together and talk about that. The Giants win the game. They're 5-6, and six, tied with the Cowboys, and all bets are off in the NFC East. Uh, Mark, how do you see this playing out? Man, this is a tough one. This is right at the heart of why the NFC East is a complete puzzle, and one of these teams will walk away 8-8 eight and eight with it. I have to look at the Eagles right now as that team, and I had the Dallas all along. I just don't trust Dallas. And, and honestly, New York's defense has gotten so much better over the last four weeks that I wouldn't be surprised to see the G-Men take this game 17-16. Well, you, you picked them. Well, so did that's Dan, why. The, the two of you. Yeah. That's why. I think New York, is. It, they're not playing good football, but defensively they look like a bit of a different team. One thing with the Giants, I will say, yes, they've, they're statistically a lot better defensively uh, in recent weeks, but... Take a look at the quarterbacks that they yeah. faced in that time. Josh Freeman, Pryor, Tolzien. Give me a break. Well, I don't know. Listen, you get a win in any way you can. And the Cowboys are capable. We've said all along, they can win any game. They can lose any game, too. On the road in New York. I mean, listen, this is a coin flip game to me. I don't feel yeah. strong about one way or the other. This division is a disaster. Starting to get a vibe, because obviously we all think we know how things are going to play out. Every football analyst and fan does. But um, something weird will happen in one team that nobody thought was going to make the playoffs will make the playoffs. I, I'm not, I think the Giants might win the NFC East. Like, I have this weird feeling that the Eagles will come down a little bit. And the Cow- and the Giants will keep winning, and I have no doubts that the Cowboys will have another you know stumble or two, and I including this Sunday. I think this division is way wide open, and I think the Cowboys are in a dangerous spot. I think the Giants have gotten too much credit for this winning streak, and their season ends here, and they've been a bad team all year. I Eli is coming off his best game, but I think this is the ghost of Dan's Jets fandom. It all comes back to the Jets for Dan, <laughs> and he hates it that the Giants always seem to pull off some sort of miraculous yeah, thing, and so you're kind of afraid or believing maybe that'll happen again, but I don't think so. I mean, Justin Tuck's oh, been playing well. I agree they're playing better. Who's giving them credit? Because I, every time anyone talks about New York's win streak, it's, well, they've looked really bad well, during... This is their, also coming from a Patriots fan who's deeply scarred by anything Giants-related, let's face it. Admit it, Greg. That's a tough, it's a tough situation be, dealing with the they're Eli not a good, they're not a, Giants. They're not a great organization over the last <laughs> seven years. You know what? 
they, they win nine games a year. Congrats. They, this congrats. is outrageous talk from you. Revealed. Not a good organization. I'm just saying, they're, if you look at their regular season Uh-oh. schedule and their playoff appearances and you stack them Uh-oh. up, they're not a top five or ten type of NFL team over the last seven years. The they, great they had reveal. two great, amazing runs. La Outside of magnifico. knocking your organization off on the mountaintop, biggest game of the year twice. <laughs> right. That was to awesome. To Super Bowl champions. That was awesome. Including one historical game. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to rub it in, Greg. I'm saying that if I were a Patriots fan and I tried it on Monday and I hated it, if I were a Patriots <laughs> fan, the, it would be hard for me to critically look at this Giants team with Coughlin and Eli and ever respect them because you thought you were better than them and they, keep, they beat you twice Let and me they've done that, that to though, other Dan, teams too. Because you are the kid nah. that grew up watching the Giants with your family, right? <laughs> yes. Let me, well, I'm going to flip it. That little. You're giving the Giants too much credit right now. Okay, they aren't a good fair. football team. The Cowboys have shown at times that they can be good. I have not seen that once out of the Giants. It's a coin flip game, though, right? It is. That's fair. Any of these That's NFC fine. That's fine. Ones. Giants are favored, actually, I, in this game. I took the Cowboys. You two took uh, the Giants, and yeah. uh, Wesleyan and Patrick were on my side of things. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Defend your hero. We should get Henry, uh, Handsome Hank, to record a new series of recordings where he just says, Mark defends his Browns pick, because I feel like it's becoming a weekly thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers go into, uh, what do they call that stadium now? It used to be Cleveland Browns Stadium. It is First Energy Stadium now, Dan. I will add that on the ne- next win Wes's Toaster just to drive Chris crazy. Um, yeah, the Steelers uh, need this win, obviously. They go into Cleveland. The Browns, basically, they're probably... Uh, they have a date with the four committee if they can't win this game. Mark, you see the Browns uh, saving their season. I ask you to defend your hero. I see them saving it for one more week. I do. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, it, you know, it comes down to defense. That's why I believe that. You know, you look at what the Bengals did last week, and that was a weird football game. And they scored 31 points in the second quarter, and everyone just looks at the final score. But that came off of some terrible special teams play. But Cleveland's defense. Yeah, but doesn't that count? It, it does, but... Two I, block punts, a fumble return. It was You're not going to see that happen two weeks in a row. Okay. Cleveland has been average on special teams. They haven't had those explosions negatively uh, more than you know once or twice. What I think is going to happen is that Cleveland's going to uh, find a way to keep Big Ben. Listen, Big, the Steelers have two, four touchdown games through the air in the last three weeks, I think it is. They've definitely looked different as a team. I, this is a tough one. But Cleveland has to win, and they found a way to go one and one against both division foes mm. under Chud, and they're going to do it again. You're an interesting fan because you are uh, deeply negative about your team uh, while you watch the game. You you just seem the world. You feel like everything's going to crumble. Many times, not this week, but many times when you defend, when we ask you to defend your hero, you kind of half-heartedly do. This time, you're you're fully defending the well, hero. Two weeks ago. Or before the bye, they played Baltimore, and I picked them to win. That was a hero win for me because I strongly felt they were going to win that game at home. If this, when they get around to playing the Steelers on the road, I will not pick Cleveland. When the Jets and Browns play in Week 15, will that game matter for both teams? That's all we've, we've said all along because Greg is flying us out to that game Yeah, uh, with a full week of comps and hotels and per diems <laughs> that we want it to mean something for that reason because we're going to be there. True or false, Jason Campbell played one of the worst games any quarterback has played in the NFL this year, last week. 
He did. And in fact, even for Campbell, who I think is right, a completely average in every negative and maybe even positive sense of the word, just an average quarterback, he's not going to play that bad again. He's still holding the ball from one of those dropbacks. He's just sitting there (laughs) waiting for someone to get open. Listen, the loser of this, I'd be willing to fork Pittsburgh if they lose. I know you guys see them if they go, they lose seven games. You see them winning out, essentially. What is that what you're thinking? You and Wes? No, I don't think they'll win out. Would you fork them if they lose this game? No. So you're expecting them to go eight and eight to make the playoffs? It's more of a state of the AFC that that um, I don't believe in the Jets or the Dolphins yeah. or any of the teams. That they'll still be one this. game within. I still could make but a case. After for them. what you guys have said and felt about Cleveland, if <laughs> Cleveland beats Pittsburgh, That's what fair. are the Steelers? No, they're four and seven. They if win they this. lose you're this right. week, if they lost this week, that would be a deeply disturbing loss for them because you would be losing to the Browns. No offense. And you need to win four or five to get to, <laughs> to get to five hundred, and that might not even be good enough. Steelers need this game. You're right. Let's give a little credit to your boys, especially one of their players, Joe Hayden, is having a season that I don't think is getting enough attention. Destroyed AJ Green last week, picking off passes. What a matchup this week against Antonio Brown, another guy who's not getting enough credit. The NFL leader in receiving yards right now is Antonio Brown. And you watch him week after week and the moves he makes after the catch. And he can catch the short pass. He can go deep. He can do anything. He's got great moves. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. I mean, I'm not saying he's Calvin Johnson, but he's pretty. He's a special guy. And he's going up against Hayden. That should be fun. Well, and one last note. You take away a very strange Thursday night game where I think it was negative <clears throat> 15 or something below. Big Ben is 15-0 and other than that game against Cleveland. Right. So that, you know, he has killed the Browns and, no matter what the situation is. And while is. we're here, uh, maybe non-Geno Smith division, but uh, Jason Campbell played the worst game of anyone last Sunday, and Ben Roethlisberger played the best and now you're banking on the the guy that played and the worst to beat the guy. You know that what I'm banking on is if we've learned anything about these middling AFC teams over the last month is that whatever happened last week, mm. yeah. everything is going to reverse the next week. We're going to have a whole different narrative on next Friday's show, and then it's all going to go back to where it was. Give me five, Mark. <laughs> awesome point. Moving forward, okay, we'll go into the rest of the games now, and we'll start with the Indianapolis Colts. This is like one of those weird uh, in our in our pick'em world. We all picked the Colts to lose to the Arizona Cardinals in Phoenix. And I know the Cardinals have played great at home, and they have a, a very strong defense, and Carson Palmer's even playing better. But I throw it to you guys. That's pretty silly that all five of us picked against the Colts, who, who know how to win games, and they've been proving it for two years now. It's one of those things, if I knew you guys all picked the Cardinals, I would have taken the Colts. Because I, I it, it does seem crazy. Only 29% of the country according to the NFL Weekly Pick'em Game. Infallible. Which, which you can sign up on at uh, NFL.com still. And you can wow. see our picks. You can go to the experts drop down and see the Around the League picks. It's got our shining faces. No Mark- better time to do that with, with like five weeks left to go in this. <laughs> right. You should just start right now. It would be a lot of fun. I, I hate the way my picture looks in this Pick'em. It's like I look like really? a wax figure. Like a Madame Tussauds wax figure loser. I don't know. <laughs> you know, someone I am with your the hair same is thing. very wax figure ish. Uh, you know, you have a lot of product. But you look waxy right now, though, in, in person. Oh, that's just an insult. No, it's not true. <laughs> you know, you look handsome. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, someone said the same thing. How could you all pick against 
Right, we don't consult you, each other with know. winner picks. And no one, it, it just happened that way. So why did you take the cards? Well, listen, I, I think that the Cardinals have what is the, the best offense or defense. The best defense is the best unit in this whole game. Indy's offense, to me, obviously not what it was without Reggie Wayne. I just think Arizona pulls off. They haven't been they haven't been six and four since nineteen eighty eight when Neil Lomax, I think, was their quarterback. They're gonna go seven and four, and you know what? The Niners are on the ropes in that NFC it's stunning, wild card. It's stunning card. a guy named Neil Lomax never won a Super Bowl. You're right. <laughs> I think the Uncle I, Neil. I picked the Cardinals because they've been such a good home team. They've been one of the better home teams in the league, and I think they're so physical on defense and the Colts are a little banged up. They're going to be without some key parts this week, including uh, Greg Toller, their cornerback. I don't really like their offensive line. I could see them winning, but you can also see Patrick Peterson taking T.Y. Hilton out of the game, and then it's like, what do you have on offense with the Colts? The thing about the thing that was so hard to like about Arizona is Carson Palmer, obviously. He's been playing well three weeks in a row, a 90-plus rating. Hasn't done that since, like, 2006. I'm going Arizona. All right, moving on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the suddenly surging Buccaneers with two impressive, well, two wins back-to-back. They're surging. They're surging. I was, well, I was pulling back on impressive. An impressive bit. loss before the two wins, at least. How about oh, that? Oh, yeah, in Seattle. That was not bad. Uh, now they go to Detroit to face a Lions team that did not play very well last week in a road loss to the Steelers. Of course, the Lions are a much better team at home, um, and despite the Bucks playing better, I think that... All of us feel that the Lions will win this game. Greg, I ask you, uh, the Bucks are playing well. Are they going to be seen as a real competitor in this game? Is this going to be close? Absolutely. It would not surprise me if Tampa Bay won this game. I think Tampa Bay right now is an average team, an average NFL team. I think you put them in the AFC, and they could beat the Steelers and Ravens and those types of teams. That's, that's where they're at. And the Lions, they can't win any game in a blow. Every game against – it could be against the best team in the league or bad teams. They have a tough time – Separating everything comes down to the final few minutes. You know, we spend all this time on what's going on with RG three week to week. All these guys that we're f- attached to, guy getting no attention. Mike Glennon, eight touchdowns, one pick in his last five games. Was twenty for twenty three against Atlanta last week. You're right, Greg. This team is hard to pick against Tampa because they aren't two and eight in the way that they're playing. They weren't from the start. And, I, you know, the Lions absolutely... Mark's Tampa love is coming no, no, back no, now. No, he's back listen, in. Remember, back early in. in the year, they lost some nail biters. Meadowlands are bust. They really did. And, and then you, got, you throw in a staff infection outbreak. You have to switch quarterbacks. Things, things went about as ugly as they could. I wonder if, I wonder if Shiano keeps his job here. The, the Lions are a weird... They're a weird team. They don't... They are better at things that you would think they're not, like pass protection. They have one of the best offensive lines and pass protection in the league. Stafford gets rid of the ball very quickly, whereas you think they have a great pass rush. They have one of the worst pass rushes in the league right now. They have no pressure from the outside. They're one of the worst teams in terms of sacks. I could see Tampa putting up some points and coming up with the spread. I'm a little worried about all our Lions love. Hmm. I would say put it in the books right now. The Detroit Lions will lose 31-14 to the Carolina Panthers in the first round of the uh, playoffs. Okay. Interesting. I like that. Put it in the books. All right, moving on. The Minnesota Vikings, who are a team that exist really only, you know, tangibly. We don't really care about them anymore. They now go to Green Bay uh, to face a Packers team that's lost three straight without Brett Favre. And, uh, you know, they're similar to the Ravens in the sense that if, if they can't win this game, uh, it's going to be very hard to imagine them doing anything down the stretch. 
you think they would be able to defend their home turf against a Christian Ponder-led Vikings team, right? And a less than 100% Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I think this one came along at a great time for Green Bay. Obviously, absolutely need to get a win, maybe get Aaron Rodgers back on Thanksgiving. You know, Eddie Lacy last week against the Giants, they, that run defense in New York is good, and he only ran for 27 yards. I think Minnesota has the worst defense in football right now, and I think you're going to see Scott Tolzien in a bit of a more of a balanced offense. Let Lacey run that football. Tolzien hasn't looked bad. He, he, he's got good chemistry with like Jared Boykin. He's throwing the ball down okay. the field. He's I, good for I, what I he is. I don't want to overrate but, him. No, yeah. I'm saying that we, we don't want to ha- put a final stamp on him. He's two games in. But Green Bay isn't a complete disaster. I, I like him better than Seneca Wallace. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I think Eddie Lacey is, is learning what Adrian Peterson knows all too well, which is you take a quarterback out of the mix and you fill him in with someone that's deeply mediocre and you're going to struggle to move the ball. He was tearing up the NFL for five straight weeks. Since Rodgers went out, there have been very little running lanes for uh, Lacey, which is obviously an issue until Rodgers gets back. They are really banged up, though. They're without, I'm counting, four starters for this game, most likely five with Johnny Jolly, Don Barclay, Casey Hayward, Rodgers, Nick Perry, Sam Shields might miss this game. There is a point where you're so injured and you're playing Scott Tolzien that no game is a gimme. So it's still a dangerous spot for Green Bay. They are a team that last time they went to the Super Bowl, they were equally banged up. I think if you get Rodgers back by Thanksgiving, and I'm not convinced he's healthy yet, but if you do, I don't have a problem with them winning five straight to close out. ATL picked the Packers across the board. Uh, Speaking of games that only exist in the tangible sense. The Jacksonville Jaguars at 1-9 travel to Houston to face a Texans team on an eight-game losing streak. Wes is not here to uh, talk up the Texans, but uh, we don't have to either. We all pick the Texans to win, but, you know, who cares, right? Let's set a record for the shortest uh, preview of the game. If the Texans can't win this, they're the worst team in the NFL. All right, moving on. Uh, San Diego Chargers head to Kansas City to face a Chiefs team coming off its first loss of the season. The Chargers also in a uh, situation where they almost need to win at 4-6. and six. Uh, Mark, I ask you, are the Chargers going to keep their season alive on Sunday at Arrowhead? You know, I may have misspoke because in a mailbag email, organic email thingy that we went around picking which team was going to get out and get that sixth seed in the FC. I went to San Diego because of Phillip Rivers, and then after I published that, went and looked at their schedule. Try to mm. warn you. Weird you in real time, bro. Weird that you wouldn't have considered the schedule before answering that question. It feels was, like a factor. I was rash because they've got... <laughs> it feels like a guy that's just kind of mailing his job in. Right. I was sort it, of mailing it in that day. No, I went with a gut feeling, which I think was wrong because, listen, you got the Chiefs. They played in fairness, Denver and st- the Chiefs again. Do you still walk to work? What is your car situation right now? Yeah, I've been walking to work. So <laughs> at four in the morning, but I'm right. offering you my bike. So and wait, then, have you seen the uprise of this thing? What is it? The punch out thing where you've got random oh, people no. running up to civilians and just hitting them. What? I yeah. keep thinking that. Oh, but, this is new. This what? is in several U.S. cities and even in Europe, where <laughs> uh, rowdy teens gather and uh, just randomly knock out somebody. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Crystal, Let what a are rowdy you? teen come and hit me. Oh, yeah. Not, not it's not a teen. It's, it's like a Jersey gang style. of teens. Well, anyways, I, we live in Los Angeles of all places. Not the maybe the safest harbor for walking to work. I hope you don't get punched out. I hope not. That'd be weird. Yeah, I was kind of pointing out that, that Monday morning email <laughs> shift. You're walking to work at four in the morning to get in after a pretty long day Sunday. So... I'll I'll give you a little bit of I'll, a pass. I'll throw this to the boss. Two words, company car. 
I like that. Put it on him. I'm I'm all for it. I'm not paying. Ice up. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand behind my pick though because I picked San Diego to win this game. I you think did. Kansas City is going to be staring at a three-game losing streak after this game, and they have to play Denver again. Chargers are a weird team. They can win this. They're going to. Oh, come on. Everybody's so big on pumping life into the Chargers just because of this Phillip Rivers renaissance <laughs> that never really was. Oh, come what do you on. mean Enough it never really was? Just come on. He hasn't been that great. The team is exactly where we figured they'd be. Maybe one win extra. It, I just feel like that was a narrative that got overblown in We're the We're going month. back to the quarterback wins and losses. You don't think a quarterback can be playing well unless they're winning a ton of games? No, you could be playing well. Kansas City is 25th in points scored this year. You can beat them. I love this Chargers offense right now. Ryan Matthews is running as hard as anyone in the league. I mean, on a first or second down, he's a top five NFL running back. Maybe he can't do the other things like pass protection, catching passes, but he's fun. But but Rivers, to Dan's point, not as sharp the last couple of weeks. He missed some throws in that Miami game that they could have won. I picked Kansas City. Dan picked Kansas City. Wesleyan actually went with the Chargers. I just think there's something about this team I'm not in love with them overall, but at home, they're tough-minded, and they'll just figure out a way to win a close game. All right, now here's the next game. The Carolina Panthers, uh, who are just going nuts right now at 7-3 and three and beating everybody on the schedule, head to Miami to face a Dolphins team that you know, kind of uh, stopped the tailspin with a win last week. But I would think, and our picks uh, represent this feeling uh, across the board, that you kind of would be thinking not clearly to pick against the Panthers right now. I, you could talk letdown game and all that stuff, but they're just playing so well in all phases that you got to side with the Panthers right now, right, Craig? Yeah, I think so. Against Miami's offensive line, even without Charles Johnson, who's going to be out for this game for Carolina, they have enough problems any game. I think Carolina will just bum rush Ryan Tannehill, who's not playing well that right now. He's missing a lot of deep throws. He's taking a while to make decisions. About the only thing Ryan Tannehill is doing well is tackling after he throws an interception. He is awesome at that. You could put him out there at safety. <laughs> I'm serious. There's been a couple plays. Man, I you've mean, really lowered the bar on your Ryan athletic. Tannehill love. I'm just now saying. a great tackler after <laughs> INTs. We, that's another offseason post. Best quarterback <laughs> tacklers after INTs. Ryan Tannehill's got number one. Yeah, I have to go Panthers here, too. You know, we saw this at the end of that Bucks game, which was a disaster for Miami. 17 of Tannehill's 41 sacks that he's taken have come in the fourth quarter. When the game for Miami often has been close, and it just killed them. And I, I think that, you know, you'd, you look at Carolina, is it going to be short week, possible letdown game? I don't think so. They just, they're too solid on defense. The Panthers' offense keeps other teams in games because they take forever on their drives. They're not that consistent. I don't see this game being a blowout just because they don't really score over 20, 24 points. That's what they do. How fun would it be, as was announced on Wednesday, we're all going to the Super Bowl. How fun would it be if the Panthers rolled through the NFC and you got a week straight of Steve Smith sitting at a Mm. table, media availability? Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, the official team of around the league, Carolina. I like it. We'd have to get uh, editor David Ely to the Super Bowl (laughs) somehow if if that ever happened. Biggest Panthers fan I know. Only Panthers fan we I know. We could wrap him up in tape and smuggle him inside of a suitcase. We could potentially get a riverboat for a riverboat, Ron, to go up and down on the East <laughs> River while we tape a podcast with him. We I could like do that. that. Not sanitary, but sounds fun. By the way, nobody else knows Ely, but I will say that he listens to the podcast <laughs> while, while lifting in the morning, so he pumps iron to Mark Sessler's dulcet tones. Uh, moving forward, <laughs> the, the Chicago Bears... Uh, 
Speaking of a team that needs a win, it's six and four. The Bears head to St. Louis to play, uh, you know, let's say it, a frisky Rams team that hasn't been nearly as bad as people thought they would be after uh, Sam Bradford went down. Josh McCown starting again, and the way things look, it could be uh, for a significant period of time going forward. Who knows? But, Mark, I ask you. The Chicago Bears, are they going to get another win with a backup quarterback? You know, I picked the Bears, but I see a real big problem for Chicago here. If they aren't going to win, it's because their run defense, we just talked about it, Ray Rice ran through Chicago's defense. That tells you that right there is the acid test. When Ray Rice, who can't stumble for two yards, is blowing through Chicago. Is that what it's called, an acid test? I don't know if it's called an acid test. Does that sound like, that's like a... I think it's a litmus test. Litmus test. Acid is like you throw in someone's face in an act of revenge. I took an an acid test is... Yeah, absolutely. The Kool-Aid acid test, for Hmm. instance. An acid test is... You are hanging in there, aren't you? No, no, it is, because it's... This is the true test of two things coming at each other. Everybody tweet at Mark Sessler if he's right or wrong. I took an acid test one summer... On Martha's Vineyard, when I was waiting there, it was kind of did. a hippie hippie summer. A lot of people are there, right? Um, but you I don't think I don't think that's what they're they're talking about. Well, it's <laughs> in a, listen. We'll we'll look it up tomorrow. You know, on, on dictionary.com. takes acid test on Martha's Vineyard. Point being, <laughs> Zach Stacy against Chicago's run defense. Nice. I like Rams. I, I I wish I could switch this pick. Really? Yeah. That I would like, give Wesley a hero. I see no difference Can't between. Clemens and Sam Bradford in terms of honestly running that offense. I think Zach Stacy is the centerpiece That's of that incorrect, offense. That's incorrect, by the way, because Greg, myself, and Patrick all picked the Rams. That's what I'm saying. If well, he switched, it would be oh, a hero pick for the Bears. Oh, right. That makes sense. I hope you're right. Zach Stacy's on my fantasy team. He's been excited. I want to see if this Tavon Austin renaissance is for real. I want to see if Long and Quinn, who are playing like the best duo in the league over the last three or four weeks, this Rams team has the potential to be very good. I think they might be a better team than the Bears that right now. That was a Tavon took Austin him. renaissance, was it? For one game, it, I like was. it. <laughs> it was exciting. Uh, moving forward, we have two forked teams. Greg, get us excited for the Tennessee Titans uh, facing off against the Matt McGloin-led Oakland Raiders. Yeah, a lot of fans of the Titans and Raiders are upset. We've already forked these teams, even though they're only one game out of a playoff spot. They stink. <laughs> one of them's going to be five and six. I think Dennis Allen, just to take a different vantage point here, deserves consideration for Coach of the Year because this is the worst roster. He's got McGloin and Streeter and Rashad Jennings in this defense, and you never know what's going to show up because they're not that talented. But, man, they play hard every week, and uh, I give them a lot of credit for pulling off four teams, this is four wins. This is a terrible team. That's why I took the Titans. You know, we put Allen on our making the leap list, and I'd have to say that he's – He's come clean on that. He's done a good job. And if they go 5-6, and six, and even if they don't win another game and come out of this year with a potential future quarterback in McGloin. Oh, wow. Right? We're going down that, that road? Well, I'll tell you what. They're in, better, they're in better shape than half of these so-called six-seed chasers in the AFC who, who don't have quarterbacks. No, they're legitimately six-seed. You don't have to call them so-called. They're chasing the six-seed. Well, I, just, I think it's interesting that the Raiders, after we all thought, oh, maybe Terrell Pryor's the answer, blah, blah, blah. Out of nowhere <laughs> comes Matt McGloin. He was so good last <laughs> week. I, I'm amazed I picked against him this week. You know McGloin. what's sad? You guys are all happy and excited about Dennis Allen. He's going to be fired on January 3rd. No, I don't think he is. I <laughs> no, think it won't be his fault. But it's the Oakland Raiders involved. They're just going to do something well, completely right. well, destructive see. to their own brand. Let's see. All right. Our <laughs> last game, 
of the week, the San Francisco 40. Uh, this is a game, one of those games that when they put together the schedule uh, over the summer, they're all pumped up about, and then it uh, you know comes out and it's not that good. The San Francisco San Francisco 49ers uh, at six and four and in desperate need of a win go to Washington to face the fading Redskins or the faded Redskins. Um, I would think this could be uh, maybe a tricky game to pick if the Redskins were in the mix, but I feel like there's a lot of bad juju around there right now. And I think the Niners are in a spot where they can't lose. So I think you add those two things together, and it's going to be a decisive win. Greg, do you agree? I totally agree. I could see the 49ers blowing the doors off because their big problem is in the passing game. But when you watch them, Colin Kaepernick, like Cam Newton, still uncorks about four or five awesome throws every week, even in their bad games that that really impress you. And he's a matchup type of guy, and now they got the beautiful matchup. And I, I could see their offense doing what they did during that winning streak, putting up 35 points and running away with it. Yeah, and on the flip side, you know, San Francisco giving up about 13.4 points per game since week four, best in the league. And that neutralizes what is Washington's only strength. They've been able to score, but that defense in Washington, along with Minnesota, just awful. And I agree with Greg. This is a San Francisco romp to keep them alive because if they lose this game and go 6-5 and five, and Arizona's able to win, suddenly the whole situation in that wild card race is crazy in the NFC. They do need to right the ship right now after two close losses. I still believe in this 49ers team because the only thing they don't do well is throw the ball, which is pretty significant, but they're a pretty complete team otherwise. They can run, and I like the way their defense is coming Didn't along. we? I mean, a lot, before the season, if someone said 10-6 and six for the 49ers in that division with Seattle, I wouldn't have blinked at that. I think they can do that and get them into the playoffs. They get Crabtree back. Let's see what happens. All right, that is week 12. We will be back on Sunday night, as we always are, to go over all these games and talk about them, and maybe we could get uh, Wessling on the horn uh, in his local tavern, and that will be fun. But until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the Sizzler, for the boss, for K. Rich, behind the glass, and Lyle, the ATL intern, until Sunday. Other chapters in the Untitled Sessler Project. <laughs> Air antenna, no TV, five years. I almost joined the military in a pinch. I am the wind, my name is the highway. Justifiable felony, we broke into a house to steal a dog. All true, had to do that. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 